Good morning. Welcome to Noblesville First United Methodist Church's live stream on this June 7th, 2020. We are still in the season of Pentecost, and so we keep our backdrop here this day. And we're going to try to accomplish two things today. First, we want to honor our senior graduates, especially since their typical rite of passage has been interrupted by the COVID-19 quarantine. We want to honor them, but we also know with all that's happening in our country, it's important that we also address the racial tensions that we're experiencing and being felt in every community. Let me remind you that just in case, we hope that we've resolved our issues here, but in case the Wi-Fi drops or Facebook has some issues, just hang on there. We'll pick things up right where we left off. So you'll want to then begin refreshing your Facebook page at Noblesville First UMC, and uh, don't go back to the countdown because that'll be the, the old uh, post that we've got. So look for the new post that'll look like you picked up right where we were. And finally, please stick around after the worship for our Q&A with Norm Williams, who has been involved with the planning of today's Noblesville Peaceful Protest for Black Lives. We're going to do about a 30-minute Q&A on the same live stream as today's worship service. So you don't go to Zoom, just stick with this. Just uh, give us a chance to reset, and we'll be ready for that great discussion on what's going on today. I'd like to invite you to join me in the responsive sharing of the call to worship. Of course, I'll be reading both parts, but you're, enjoy, you're invited to join in with the words that will be on your screen. Your steadfast love, O God, extends to the heavens, your faithfulness to the skies. Your righteousness is like the mountains, your wisdom as deep as the sea. How precious is your faithfulness to us, O God. All may come to take refuge in the shadow of your wings. Come, let us worship God.
I invite you now to pray with me as we join our spirits together wherever you may be this morning. Let's pray. Lord, we ask that you gather us. Wherever we may be, whether we're watching this now live or later watching this recording, may we know that our spirits are united in mysterious ways through your Holy Spirit. We come to you because we're hurting right now. We see so much pain. We see so much violence. We see so many things that we just don't fully understand. We're not sure what to think, what to say, how to respond. Help us first just to be willing to listen, to look to one another, to ask good questions, to seek to understand instead of to tell. We hope that this challenging time, which is disrupting so many things in our life, both our racial tensions and the COVID-19 challenges that we're experiencing, we pray that they become avenues for new understanding. We pray they become avenues for real peace and real justice and real relationship with one another. So help us to rely upon you, be secure in our salvation and in your grace to know that we do not have to have all the answers right now. We just need to keep seeking keep understanding, and keep reaching out to one another. We'll lift up today this peaceful protest here in Noblesville, that it might truly become a civil discourse, that real action will take place to hopefully make sure in this community the terrible things we've seen in other places will not occur, or at least stop occurring. Be with us today as we seek to understand as we seek to celebrate and honor our graduates, both college and high school and even post-grad, may they feel the accomplishment and the sense of hope that they need now in a time in which the future is very uncertain. Bless us each and bless the words that will be shared as well as the music that will be experienced through Christ who is our Lord. Amen. This time we want to lift up a few prayer concerns. We want to pray for Sherry Evers. Uh, who will be getting some more information about her situation. Sharon Callahan, who experienced a fall and then a broken arm. We do pray for today's Noblesville peaceful protest for black lives. We hope that it will be a proactive action that leads to meaningful conversations and make this community a safe place for persons of every color. We pray for justice in all the unresolved cases involving black lives throughout the country. We pray for our continued battle with the coronavirus. May we not be distracted from the practices that we can do to slow the spread of this virus. And we pray for the persons who are still on the front lines during this COVID-19 crisis. We pray for those working for treatments and vaccines. This time, please join with me in our call to prayer. O God, author and giver of peace, and whose image and likeness each of us has been created, You created us with human dignity worthy of respect on earth and with an enduring spirit designed for eternal life with you. O God of all life, listen to the cries that rise from every corner of this fragile earth. From our human family torn by violent conflict, give peace in our time. O good and gracious God, grant us your peace that as your son Jesus Christ told us and as we have experienced in these days, is a peace that the world cannot give. These things we pray through Jesus Christ, 
your Son, and our living Lord. Amen. Let us now offer ourselves to God in silent prayer.
God is love. Out of your great love, you created us, O Lord, knitted us into a diverse tapestry for each other. And you called us and blessed us with the opportunity to be conduits of your love in the world. Sometimes we wonder if your love is enough to sustain us in times such as these. We wonder if there is a more powerful force that could do the job more efficiently and even with less pain. And sometimes we are willing to cede our highest values for the promise of greatness. But you, O Lord, are not a prop, and you are unimpressed by our claims of innocence. You are a good God, and you will not be mocked. The sacrifice of unarmed black men and women like George Floyd and Breonna Taylor are unholy sacrifices. Enough has finally got to be enough. Wake us from our 400-year slumber and give us new eyes to see. You have called us yet again to follow you on a new course, and you always equip those who you call. Last Sunday, we celebrated Pentecost and the coming of the promised Holy Spirit. We must trust in Christ's very Spirit to lead us through this time, to transform and renew our hearts and minds, and remember that nothing can choke out, shoot out, hang out, bomb out, tear gas out, beat out, or even whitewash out the power of your love. It is your love that brings hope out of despair, light out of darkness, and even life out of death. May our words, actions, and lives bear witness to love's transformative power and bring the lasting change we so desperately need. We pray these things in the powerful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, and now we unite together in the prayer which he has taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Special thanks to Tom Shriver McGreevy for putting all that together. That's a lot of work, and he did a fantastic job on it. Again, congratulations to all of our seniors. Uh, this is my mention that you've got two minutes to go grab your children for the children's moment as we get a return of our uh, children's message brought to us by Amber and Mason. Uh, live worship is going to begin June 21st in two weeks from this day. We believe that the Teeter Retreat and Farm offers the best chance for us to have outdoor worship safely. So we plan to have two services at 8.15 and 10 a.m. One will lean traditional, one will be more blended and focused more on families and children. We'll try to have some interactive items in that 10 o'clock service that hopefully will keep the children's attention. Uh, please remember that in case of bad weather, it will all be canceled and we'll rely only on the live stream at 9.30. And uh, keep in mind, we're going to continue to have the online service uh, on Facebook at 9.30 each Sunday regardless. So those of you that need to stay home, please do so and experience that. Mask will be required, and safe socially distancing is practice. We're going to have benches spread out. You'll have spots for you to put your lawn chairs after that and we have a fm broadcaster that we've tested and it works very well so if you just want to stay in your car to maintain that safe zone you can do that as well so look forward to that in two weeks so look forward to seeing some of you monday june 8th which is tomorrow night we have our zoom gathering for the sunshine friends featuring amazon john's silly safari and we're inviting the children's ministry to come and participate too so what we're asking is that the uh, Sunshine Friends Special Needs Community will come on at 6.30 just so they can say hi to each other and get reacquainted. And then at 6.45, everyone else please join in to experience the show by Amazon John. He does a great job, uh, and he does a lot of faith-based kind of connections with the animals. On Saturday, June 13th, we'll have the drive through reception for Pastor Aaron Hobbs, Michelle and Emma. Remember, next Sunday is Aaron's last Sunday with us. So we hope that you'll help us celebrate from 1 to 2.30. Uh, drive by the door the, under the portico, door number one, and share your greetings. Also, you can send in cards and love gifts and honor them by mail to the church office, or you can go online and use our give function. You'll see a pull-down category for the Hobbs family love gifts. So please be generous as we send them on and thank them for eight years of ministry here. Uh, today at 2 o'clock, Noblesville first will be participating with Bethel AME, the Noblesville Diversity Council, Noblesville Chamber of Commerce, the Noblesville Schools, and also the Noblesville Safety Director, Chad Knight, as we come together as with a peaceful protest for black lives at Federal Hills Common. We'll be practicing safe social distancing. We encourage you to wear masks, and we hope to create a civil discourse that continues help us think through what's necessary to avoid the problems that may occur in other places. And as I mentioned before, please join us afterwards uh, on this live stream, the same live stream, for a Q&A with Norm Williams as we talk about racial tensions in our country. Good morning, everyone. I'm glad to see all of you out here. I brought some of my friends with me today. You already know one of them. Blossom, come on out here and say hello. Hi, everyone. Look at all my friends who decided to come out today. These are all your friends? Of course they're mine. Who else would they be? 
You don't know all these people, Possum. I'm sure there are folks out there that you've never met before. Well, I met them just now. How do you do? You've seen me before. My name is Possum O'Possum. See, we're friends. Now, wait a minute. They know your name, but you don't know their name. So how can you say that they're all friends of yours if you don't even know their names? Sure I do. There's Evan over there. Steven's here. There's Lila and Violet. Look, Sona and Ben. Is that Beckett and Fisher too? And Amelia? And Well, maybe and you know some of their names. But that doesn't mean that you're friends. Friendship is more than just knowing somebody's name. Well, what is friendship then? It's kind of hard to explain, but maybe I can show you. I want you to meet someone that you both can demonstrate. Okay. Hey, Bonbon, come out. There's someone I want you to meet. Oh, hi, Mason. Bonbon, this is Possum. Possum, this is... Who is that? She has really floppy ears. I've never seen anything like it. Her tail is a tiny ball of hair, and it's sticking up weird, and she's really got strange fur. She's got big buck teeth. Awesome. That's no way to go about making a friend. You make friends by looking for similarities and talking to people and listening to them. Bonbon, why don't you do your try? Well, I don't know if I want to be friends with him. He said I had a weird tail. And look at him. He's got a naked tail and lots of teeth. Now that's weird. And a little creepy. Possum, do you have anything to say to Bonbon? I'm sorry, Bonbon. I shouldn't have said that. Your fur does look very soft. And I guess naked tails are okay, too. My name is Possum O. Possum. I'm Bonbon Bunny. Nice to meet you. Good job, you've introduced yourselves, and I'll find out if you have any interest. Okay. Hey, bye bye. Traveling spaghetti at heights. What about you? What is. What in the world is traveling spaghetti? I just told my boss what I like to do, my favorite food, and where I go to school. Oh, I get it. Soccer salad at Southeastern. How about this one? Red raccoon raspberries. Really? Well, you know what I think? Turquoise turtle trilliums. Really? Well, you know, I think you guys are nuts. What in the world are you guys talking about? We just told each other our favorite color, the kind of animal that lives nearest us, and the kind of flower we like to see. How'd you know that? Well, it was pretty obvious, wasn't it? I mean, red raccoon raspberries. What else could he mean? Of course, you know my brother lives near a turtle, too. I live by two turtles. My two turtle neighbors are twins. They hatched out of the same egg. Oh, and they love to be tickled. That's great. You know two twin ticklish turtles. <laughs> it looks like you have done a good job of making friends. This is fun. Do you have any other friends that you want us to meet? As a matter of fact, yes, I do have a very important friend to introduce to all of you. His name is Jesus. 
He wants to be your best friend. Does he already know our names? God knows more about you than anyone else does, and he calls us all by our names. God knew us even before we were born. In the Bible, John 15, verses 12 through 14 tells us, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. Wow! That's pretty special. Can we pray before we go? Yes, Possum. Would you like to lead it? I sure would. Hey, will you all pray with me? Dear God, thank you so much for loving us all and being our friends. Help us to love others in the same way. We want to be friends, but it can be hard to show friendship to people who are different from us. God, all things are possible with you. Help us to encourage friendship wherever we go. Amen. Amen. For today's stewardship moment, we'd like to lift up the social justice and advocacy team. This group meets regularly to discuss how together we can live life like the gospel is true. We seek to put our faith into action for the common good of the world and for the people God so loved. Now more than ever, we need to work for systemic and structural changes in our world that lead to a more just and equitable society, a society that more closely resembles the kingdom of God Christ came to the earth proclaiming. If you'd like to find out more about becoming a part of the social justice and advocacy team, please contact Tom Shriver McGreevy at tshriver at noblesvillefirst.com. Before we collect our morning offering online at noblesvillefirst.com, on our app, or by mailing a check to the church office, let's ask God's blessing upon it. For the blessings of this day and all of our days, we thank you, gracious God. Accept not just this money, but also our lives freely offered in gratitude for all that you have done for us. Use them both in this place and wherever your spirit might lead us. Amen. Oh, <laughs>
Good morning. Today's first scripture comes from 1 John 3.18. Let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. Today's second scripture comes from Matthew 28.18.20. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Hi, my name is Callan Milbury. I've gone to Noblesville first my whole life. I have for the most part grown up here. When I was little, I went to vacation Bible school and when I got too old for that, I started going to youth group. As I'm sure most of you know by now, I'm a senior. I'm graduating from homeschool and will be attending Purdue University's Agriculture School in the fall. I want to become a park ranger. When Tom texted me about doing this, he gave me the topic question, what will the church in the future need to look like for you to be a part of it? I thought about this and it reminded me of our very first mission trip at Butler University. The mission statement for that week was from Matthew chapter 28 verses 18 through 20. And Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This is a very straightforward directive from Jesus telling us to go and make disciples. There is no unless or although in that statement. He means everyone. This raises the obvious question, how do we make disciples? Our church has decided that we make disciples through relationships. This makes perfect sense if you think about it. Would you accept investment advice from someone you met 20 minutes ago at a football game? Probably not. You need to have credibility first before you can properly make disciples. One definition of credibility is the quality of being trusted and believed in. Another one is the quality or power of inspiring belief. Key words for me here are belief and trust. If you don't trust someone, would you ever believe what they're saying? I would have to say no. But once you get trust from someone, they can put belief in what you have to say. This is what we, the church, need. We need to have these relationships first and then we can share our faith. I think sometimes we expect people to come to us and then we can form a relationship. But from everything I have seen, this is backwards. The relationship comes first. Our church does two mission trips as of right now, Guatemala and Give Kids the World. I've been on both of these and they both focus on relationships. Our Guatemala mission trip, we have been using the same organization for years. It is called Mission Guatemala. It's the same people we work with every time we send a group down. Our church as a group of people there has credibility. On our Guatemala mission trip, my life was changed. It wasn't actually the first time I visited a Central American country. I had been to Costa Rica, but that was a vacation. Guatemala really opened my eyes. It wasn't that the people there had so much less than us. I expected that, 
but there are some things you just don't expect coming from the United States. As an example of this, our drive down from the airport to Mission Guatemala headquarters took about six hours and it was only 75 miles. That's an average speed of 12 and a half miles per hour. That was about as fast as we could go with the horrible traffic in the country though. But my time in Guatemala is something I'll always look back on fondly. I was blessed enough to have my family with me on that mission trip and I got to know each one of them a little better. I got to meet and know some great people from our church and some of the locals there. The opportunity to serve people in that situation really lets you get to know who you're with. On our other mission trip, Give Kids the World, it's a little different. We only go down for a week, but all the Wish families staying there are also staying for a week. The Wish families are the people who come down and stay at Give Kids the World. The, we really get to know the Wish people over that week. You get to know some of the families there extremely well. And when they leave for the week, we'll also leave. There is nothing like Give Kids the World anywhere else, and it's amazing to see the kindness given to these families. Some of them have amazing faith that leaves you optimistic just because. As you serve with the group, you really get to know who you're with by the end of the week. I've had deep conversations with people on this trip, and it definitely makes you count your blessings. Give Kids the World isn't a Christian organization, but you can definitely see God working everywhere at this amazing place. All of this is to say the Church of the Future has to be focused on starting relationships and gaining credibility with people. One of the best things I've done is invite my girlfriend, Tess, to come back to church with my family. She hadn't attended worship for years. This isn't something I'd have the credibility to do if I just met her off the street and asked her to go to church with me. Yes, it made me uncomfortable, and yes, it wasn't the easiest thing to do, kind of like giving this sermon, but it was definitely worth it. Even if she said no, maybe it would work next time I asked, or maybe it would never work, but I would still have done it. Maybe someone else will ask her to go with her in some point later in her life, and she would have said yes, just because of something I planned in there. I firmly believe the relationships we all have with people is what lets things like this happen every day. Tom and Janelle have taken and poured into my life, and because of that, they have influence. If I hadn't, I wouldn't trust either of them as much as I do today. This isn't to say I wouldn't go to church or youth group, but would I look forward to going? Would I be happy to go if there wasn't people I cared about? Probably not. We can't just count on people going to church because people have always gone to church, because people are going to church less and less. We need people, and chances are, you have known or even know someone now that you have the credibility with that you can invite them to church. I'm not telling you to go right now and ask them to watch the church live stream, but be ready to go and make disciples. And when the time comes, be ready, because the church is made up of people, and people need relationships. If the church is going to move forward in a strong, healthy way, we need to have these relationships with each other and with others. Otherwise, the point of worshiping together becomes something that doesn't matter anymore. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to share with you today. Now go and make disciples. Good morning. Today's scripture reading comes from Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. 
Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, heartfelt compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If one has a grievance against another, as the Lord has forgiven you, so must you also do. And over all these put on love, that is, the bond of perfection. Good morning. My name is Presley Camp, and I just graduated from Noblesville High School. In the fall, I, I intend on planning, I intend on attending the University of South Florida in Tampa. Um, I'm going to be studying psychology and forensic behavior. I was asked a few weeks ago to speak today, and I was given the prompt, what do you want the church to look like when you come back? Um, personally, I found this difficult to respond to, considering I really love how our church is already. And um, I don't really want to see any drastic changes when I come back, though that might seem a little naive. <laughs> um, but this church has taught me a little, much more than I have ever imagined. And um, so I guess I figured today I would just speak about why I love the way that the church is. Uh, growing up, I came to church every Sunday with my family. But as my brothers and I grew older, um, Sundays became days for baseball and football and soccer and whatever else our busy lives entailed. Um, after a while, I think that my whole family started to kind of lose touch with church. And as our individual lives got much busier, um, it was kind of harder to find my way back. Uh, I've always believed in God because that's what I was taught. But I never really understood why I believed in God until about four years ago. When I was a freshman, I got the opportunity to travel to Give Kids the World for a mission trip. I'm sure you've all heard of it by now, but in case you haven't, Give Kids the World is a nonprofit organization in Kissimmee, Florida. Um, it's for kids who uh, have life-threatening illnesses who come through foundations like Make-A-Wish, and they come to live in this magical village for um, basically a week to live out their lifetime—a um, week to live out their lifetime happiness uh, with never-ending parties laughter and whipped cream on top of uh, waffles and pancakes. Um, it truly is far beyond Disney World, in my opinion, the happiest place on earth. Um, when my cousin invited me to go to this mission trip, my first response was absolutely not. And don't get me wrong, it sounded incredible, but in my mind, um, I wasn't worthy enough to go on a mission trip. I didn't go to youth groups, I didn't go to church, I hadn't even read a single word from the Bible. Um, but I was eventually convinced to go, uh, despite my sheer embarrassment of not fitting in, um, and God bless the people that took me in on that trip. My first shift at GKTW is a memory that I will never forget, and a memory that I hold very dear to my heart. I was scheduled to assist in photography on a Monday morning. Monday mornings are when characters from Disney come to the village to take pictures with the families, and um, basically help so that they don't have to waste any time when they go to the Disney parks for free. Um, I was the person that was supposed to ask the families for their cell phones so I could take pictures while the photographer was taking theirs as well. As you can probably assume that this is a position for someone who's very confident in talking to strangers. At that time in my life, I, um, I, was, I wanted absolutely nothing to do with it. Uh, I actually was struggling so much to go up to people and ask for their phones that I ended up switching jobs with another girl in the group. Uh, this new job was a bit easier in my opinion. I uh, Basically the families automatically had to come up to me and all I had to do was ask for their villa number, which is where they were staying, and their names. Um, I thought it was a bit less intrusive and I was much more willing to do it. Um, well, I hadn't spoke to probably more than three families when I came across a little girl named Presley. And uh, when I told the mom that 
my name was also Presley. The little girl peeked her head out from behind her dad where she was hiding. Uh, she seemed pretty excited uh, to meet someone with the same name as her, especially since it's a decently unique name. Um, her parents asked me for a picture with the little girl, and though I never got a picture for myself, I can only imagine that the picture of me and that gorgeous little Presley, um, and I hope that mental image never disappears, because meeting that little girl was the very moment that I realized um, why I believed in God. I was sent on that trip for more um, than the reason of just volunteering. I was sent there to see that my perspective was way off. Instead of thinking about the pain coming through the cracks of the world, especially during these difficult times that we're in right now, um, and instead of thinking about the negative things that just affect me, I think about that beautiful little girl. And I think about all of these children that get to spend a week of their lives at GKTW and how they get to experience a happiness that is beyond any other, a happiness that inspires hope and a happiness that may very well be one of the last memories they ever have. I'm telling this story today to try to reach out to the youth that are a part of this church and the youth that wish they could be. And I want to let you know that you are welcome at this church, no matter who you are, no matter what you've been through, and no matter how many times you've come to church. Because that is not what Christianity is about. To me, Christianity is about hope. And the United Methodist Church is about the one phrase spoken every communion Sunday, that here we accept everyone at the Lord's table, no matter where you are in your faith journey. So I guess my answer to this prompt is that I don't want to see this church change really one bit, but I do wish that each um, and every person feel that they belong here, uh, because you do, and we don't judge, we don't turn our backs, and we don't hate, and I think that every person today needs to hear that, whether you're a man, woman, child, black, white, or gay. You are worthy enough in the eyes of God, and you deserve the kind of happiness that inspires hope. Adam read a scripture from Colossians 3 before my message, but I would like to reiterate it one more time. Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must also forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Well, thank you, Presley, and Kaylin, thank you. Both had such great, thoughtful, meaningful messages and appreciate you sharing with us, and they really are going to echo what I want to emphasize again today. Uh, please be sure to take notice of your Faith First that's on our church website. Uh, you'll discover that there are scriptures that continue the conversation of what we talk about today and some good questions to reflect personally or to share in a growth group. Scripture I want to share quickly comes from Galatians 3, verses 26 through 28. You are all God's children through faith in Christ Jesus. All of you were baptized into Christ and clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male and female. For you are all, you are all one in Christ Jesus. Well, we want to accomplish a couple of things today, and I hope what I share now kind of ties these things together. We want to make sure that our seniors feel recognized, and thanks again for Kaylin Presley for sharing such meaningful messages and coming from their heart. I think they'll echo what you hear me talk about today on this subject. But we're also in a world 
that's uh, going through such tremendous change, so many tensions, and I think we can tie those two things together today. So let me begin talking about the Barna Group, which happens to be a Christian organization that's dedicated to enabling spiritual influencers the tools they need to navigate a complex and changing culture. They provide credible research that helps us understand what people are thinking, what's important to them. And I've shared some of that work before. We've talked about the millennial generation. That is sometimes called Generation Y. Those are the persons born between 1981 and 1996. We highlighted one of the key reasons that many millennials have left church, some were actually raised in church and then moved beyond, is because they view people in church as hypocritical, judgmental, and intolerant of people. You might say they have no tolerance for intolerance. Acceptance is an essential value for this generation. Well, Generation Z is the next generation to come along. They are the persons born from 1996 to 2015. And we're still learning about this generation, but Barna is starting to see some trends emerge. They continue to have that attitude of no tolerance for intolerance. But now this group, most did not grow up in church. They're not as focused on the bad traits of Christians as they are of what is wrong in the world. Barna found the number one reason that Generation Z does not believe in a Christian God is because of the evil they see in this world. They don't see the church doing much to make it a better place, and so they don't feel compelled to consider the Christian faith. So what this means is if the church is to capture the attention, just even capture their attention, let alone get them into church for Generation Z, we've got to find meaningful ways to engage and impact the world which is far from what God intends it to be, obviously, as we're experiencing in these days. And there's plenty of work to be done. And you know, as I prayed and thought about this research, it just dawned on me that really, both of these these generations, both the millennials and Generation Z, are simply asking us to be like Jesus. Jesus is the one who demonstrated unconditional, sacrificial love to absolutely everyone. Jesus was the one who preferred to spend his free time with the people the world had rejected. Jesus is the one who said, when you've done it unto one of the least of these, you've done it unto me. Which brings me to the scripture I just read. I love this passage. Because it puts Paul way ahead of his time of that day. And he certainly was in so many ways. He says there's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male or female. We have Paul declaring that God was doing a new thing in reaching out to the Gentiles. Paul was a trailblazer for his time. And yet at the same time, this same Paul also writes that shows he's still a part of the societal norms of his day. Here he is declaring there is neither Jew nor Greek, male nor female. And yet he also in other places says women are supposed to be silent in church. He also, in some places, assumes that owners will still own slaves. He just tells them to treat them well. And he declares men to be the spiritual head of the family and at the same time calls for them to love their wives as sacrificially as Christ has loved his church. So Paul is a man who's captured the vision of God and the world that God is trying to create, but yet he's still very much a product of his environment. And I suggest to you today that we as Christians 
are sometimes in the same place. We see this sense of God who has this new dream for the world, and yet we're still very much a product of our environments. Today I'm going to be speaking at the Noblesville Peaceful Protest for Black Lives. And I want to do a few things in that short talk. First, I'm going to share a perspective that I gained while I was serving as a chaplain for the Floyd County Sheriff's Department. I also served as a negotiator for the SWAT team. And it gave me a pretty unique perspective. I was a volunteer, so I wasn't really part of the fraternity, but I worked alongside officers. I trained regularly with them. And it gave me that unique perspective. And what I saw was the vast majority of those persons on that force were true professionals. They honored the profession. They understood they were serving a public that should meet the needs of all citizens. They saw their job as a calling, and they weren't paid very much for it. But I also realized, I saw just enough to see how important it was to have thorough training and accountability to have a bias against the use of force or incidents like what we've seen in several major cities could happen there and it could happen here. Unfortunately, too many of our African-American brothers and sisters have paid the price for that lack of accountability. Second, I hope that you can join me as a white male or a person of the majority race and realize that While you probably don't consider yourself a racist, I don't consider myself a racist, but we need to understand that we're all on a journey to discover how much systemic racism has been embedded in our view of the world. From our place of privilege, it's easy to dismiss what has happened to George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Armand Arbery as isolated incidents. But these acts are so abhorrent that they're shining a light on the fallacy of our assumptions. I found myself humble this week when I saw on my Twitter feed this quote. It said, we are not seeing an increase in racial violence. It is just being videoed. Excuse me. That hit me like a ton of bricks. Because as a white male, I've enjoyed the benefit of giving the benefit of the doubt to people who look like me. I found myself humbled by that. So in spite of being a basically good person who loves people regardless of their skin color, I realize I've also been blinded by systemic racism that's deeply ingrained in our culture. And I'm just beginning to wake up how little I know about racism, how much work we still have to do to eliminate the structures that oppress persons of color. So let me say a little bit more about systemic racism. Ben & Jerry's Corporation produced a powerful statement this week on racism, and it distributed an info sheet that was titled Seven Ways Systemic Racism is for Real. I encourage you to Google it. It defines racism by providing some clear examples. Let me just share a few of of them with you. Blacks with a college degree are two times as likely to be unemployed as all other graduates. These are college graduates. Job applicants with white-sounding names get called back about 50% more often than applicants with black-sounding names. 
with identical resumes. Black students represent 18% of all preschoolers. And take note, we're talking about preschoolers here. But blacks represent 50% of all suspensions of preschoolers. Black students overall are three times more likely to be suspended than white students, even when their infractions are similar. And once black children are in the criminal system, they're 18 times more likely than white children to be tried as an adult. And finally, black drivers are 30% more likely than whites to be pulled over by the police. And these are just a few examples of the systemic racism in our country. So I hope we find the will to dismantle these oppressive systems. We have to recognize the subtle remnants of racism within ourselves. Many of us carry unconscious biases undetected until we start listening to people who don't look like us. We'd be wise to look for the signs that we're like the Apostle Paul. We love those beautiful words. There is neither Jew nor Greek, male nor female. We want a world without racial bias, but there's still a lot of work to do, just as Paul's other words show us. So some things I'd encourage you to do, some action steps if we really want to eliminate systemic racism in our country. First of all, as people of the majority race, be humble. It's time to listen and believe our African-American friends. Put yourself in places where that becomes possible. The Reverend Mindy Mays of Bethel AME has reached out to me and said that she'd like to do more with our church, so hopefully we'll have some opportunities in the future. Second, become aware Educate ourselves on the challenges that people of color face in this country. Realize that we have a uniquely American institution form of slavery that we are still experiencing in ways that have lasted some 400 years. We're only two or three generations away from slavery. When you add in the fact of segregation, then it's even closer. Third, don't become defensive. This isn't about choosing up sides and placing blame. It's about working together to change the structures that hold people down. And finally, become an anti-racist. Do you hear that? An anti-racist. Because becoming educated is not enough. Just being tolerant is not enough. Eliminating racism in all of its forms requires action. Black lives matter, and we need to name it because it is the only way we can begin to recognize the systemic racism that is built into our society and sometimes resides even us, even in me. So what are you going to do? This is important work. It's spiritual work. It's the work Jesus expects of us. And it's the work that will make our world a place where all God's people can thrive. And if we do it well, it's the work that will let a new generation like Kaylin and Presley see that Jesus came to this world to bring life, life to the fullest. Amen. Let me invite you again one more time to stick with us for a few minutes as we join Norm Williams for a Q&A afterwards. Remember, we'll join in this live stream. So now go forth as the people of God. Let us look for all the ways that our world is not the way God intends it to be, and may we actively pursue what God wants for all people of all color. 
Amen. Go.